And there's a saying that um, you're the sum of the three or the five closest people to you. So if you hang out with five really successful, really happy people, you're going to, their, their energy is going to rub off on you. That was from my conversation exploring the walk of life with entrepreneur and founder of Evolve to Grow, Tristan Wright. Evolve to Grow is a business coaching company that strives to help business owners take true ownership of their business and their life. Tristan shares his story of early success, how things started to fall apart, and how he rebounded and applied the lessons he now teaches to his clients. Tristan is based in Australia and works with clients around the world. Tristan offers his wisdom in a very down-to-earth manner, and I really enjoyed our conversation. As always, thank you to Misha Zarens for the music in today's show. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast, Tristan Wright. How are you doing this evening? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, really excited to have you here, Tristan. Um, so you run a company called Evolve to Grow, and so I want to just start there. What is the mission of Evolve to Grow? Okay, so Evolve to Grow, uh, in essence, is a business coaching company, but it's about, for me, it's about ensuring people have true fulfillment in their business and in their life. So, so many business owners get into business and the business owns them and they actually go into business so they could own a business, but for whatever reason, they don't know how to run a business or they let the business own them. So I'm about helping business owners take, take back control of their business and own their business and their life. Yeah, no, that's awesome. This is maybe a weird place to, to go immediately. Um, mm. It's famous here in the U.S. at least. I'm not sure if it's famous around the world or not, but are you familiar with the with Robert Kiyosaki and like Rich Dad, Poor Dad? And the sure am, yeah. Okay. 100%. So in that, in at least in the cash flow quadrant, um, he talks a lot about really kind of what you just described. He describes it that people think that if you own a business, then then that's just one category. And he kind of separates it into like self-employed people where the business doesn't actually run if they're not there day by day doing it versus mm. being a business owner where maybe you could take a holiday and <laughs> everything doesn't collapse from under you. So it sounds like to some extent that's kind of a, at least a part of what you're talking about. Is that true or totally totally so uh you can own a own a job uh and that's the the <laughs> yeah. first step past having a job um but then you go from owning a job to owning owning your own business where you can still make income whilst you're not involved day to day right so, and at the end of the day we want to have recurring or residual income coming in and being able to control our time and con and control what we do on a day-to-day -day basis Right. So, you know, I, I was looking over your website and I understand that before Evolve to Grow, excuse me, before Evolve to Grow, you um, ran a small business that was a cycling clothing company. And um, you do share some information on the website about that. But for the, the audience here, I was curious if maybe you could kind of walk us through how that story unfolded, because I thought it was a really fascinating story. Yeah, awesome. So back when I was in my early 20s, I was out riding, uh, riding my push bike with some friends. And they all said, let's go get some team uniform. And me being me, I said, yep, I'll organize it. So uh, 
I uh, didn't know the rabbit hole I was going down at the time. <laughs> so uh, I looked at suppliers in Australia, brands in Australia, and I wasn't happy either with the price or the, the, the customer service or the quality. So I thought, I'll go and find the manufacturers over in China. And I found manufacturers in, a manufacturer in China, ordered the clothes for the group, got the clothes over, uh, we all put them on, went for a ride, and the shorts were see-through. So, oh, wow. so, we, so we're on, on the bike and we can see everyone's ass cracks. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first venture into custom sports clothing. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yes, it was a failure, but it was enough of a proof of concept to realise that there was actually a need for that product in the market space. So oh. after that, after realising that I need to be... Uh, actually specify the product um, a lot more in, in a lot more detail, I thought, okay, yep, there's a need for custom clothing, high quality, right price, good customer service. So in my spare time from the kitchen table whilst I was working my day job, I, I set up uh, that sportswear business and grew, grew that business to a point where we were selling to, um, selling to tier one companies, selling to institutes of sports, national cycling teams, I built that into a um, into a seven figure business uh, by the time I was twenty six or twenty seven. Uh, wow. Yeah, but I had it all figured I, out. <laughs> I, I thought I did. I thought I did. Right? How uh, could you not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you're young and you're making lots of money, you be, you're arrogant and you've got an ego, and you you like you don't need support, you don't need advice from others because you haven't made any mistakes yet, and. Mm. Little did I know that just over the hill was disaster. Uh, my wife, in, in the space of six months, my wife at the time came to me and said, our marriage is over. And the Aussie dollar tanked against the US dollar, which meant it was so much more expensive to buy product. So mm. that were two really, really difficult things for me to deal with. And I stuck my head in the sand and just ignored it. And when I popped, Put my head up. I was two hundred grand in debt. Wow. Yeah, and marriage over as well. So right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not a fun time. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty devastating. So at that point, you in, on your website you write. There was one line that, I mean, I don't mean to imply there's only one line of it that was good, but there was one <laughs> line that really stood out. Um, and you said. I realized that the world owed me nothing and I owed myself mm. everything and that that kind of changed things for you. Mm. And I, obviously I understand the words of, of that statement, but I'm, I'm curious if you could elaborate a bit on what was it, what did it mean when you had that epiphany that the world owed you nothing and you owed yourself everything? What practically, how did you start to see things differently? How did you, did, did you feel yourself living differently shortly after that? Like what did that kind of epiphany moment, really do for you well it allowed me to make the choice that or realize that i can make the choice of how i act how i wake up in the morning and and what i do mm. so i could i could wake up each morning woe is me i'm in debt go back get a day job and slowly get out of it or i could look forward uh wake up you know with a positive mindset and and take action so lose the entitlement, understand that the world owes me nothing, 
but I've still got another 60, 70 years of life left, so I may as well make the most of it. So right. take, take, that, take those positive steps forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's, you know, certainly I think in the modern era with social media and things, it is, it, it's almost become a cliche to talk about, you know, being optimistic or choosing to think positively or choosing to look for the good or, or to look forward. But I don't, I, but, but I, but there's real, there's real value in that. And it is truly powerful how you look and perceive things. The, 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 the objective truth might not change, but how you look at it can, can make all the difference. Does that resonate? Totally. And there's a saying that, um, you're the sum of the three or the five closest people to you. So mm. if you hang out with five really successful, really happy people, you're going to, their, their energy is going to rub off on you. Or if you hang out with five, uh, five guys that are in gangs, you're going to end up being in a gang as well. Right. So, so it's, uh, yeah. it's a, a similar theory. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, I guess in your business coaching, I mean, you know, you talked about things that I hear, you know, I, I interview a lot of, I've interviewed some business coaches, but a lot of personal, you know, life coaches and that sort of stuff. Mm. And a lot of the themes that you're touching on show up in the personal coaching as well. So how much of your business coaching actually ends up being really working with the individual on their own mindset versus tactics and strategies for the business it's uh it's it's both uh so yeah. and until the until the business owner has got a, a general manager in the business uh or until they've got a, a board in the business uh anything that happens in the business owner's personal life impacts what happens in the business so mm. uh so we need so one day we might be focusing on on the what's going on with the business owner the next week we might need to focus on on the strategy because they interact so closely yeah yeah that's fair well and so you know on the website um which your website is evolved to grow.com.au which i'll have a link directly in the show notes for for people to click on it um but you've got you've got a lot of blog posts and they tackle a pretty wide variety of subjects um and i don't i'm sure there is a ton of nuance so i don't mean to to brush over that but is there a top or maybe like a top three most common challenges that you see businesses facing in your coaching? Okay, so number one challenge is probably the business owner letting go. Mm. Um, because a lot of the businesses that I coach just say got five to 20 staff. Uh, and the business owner is typically a unicorn. Uh, and what I mean by that is they do everything. Uh, in the business and when they're hiring the first first set of staff they're looking for, for staff to do as well as them in as many areas and mm. having high, those high expectations just don't work you've got to hire subject matter experts in in certain niches within your business rather than hiring people that uh, can do everything and that's what I mean by not letting go because uh, the staff member, the the employer, the business owner, will try and hire a replace, a direct replacement for themselves rather than just a an individual, and they get burnt, so they don't let go.
to me, the layman, um, <laughs> it seems like, <laughs> yeah, it seems like, like marketing would be maybe the most significant challenge a business faces until they have a steady stream of customers and revenue and not that marketing then goes away, but maybe, maybe other challenges do become more pressing. But is that, do you find that that's true? Is marketing kind of step one for a successful business? All right. So I've got a, um, I've got a model that I use. It's, it's a Venn diagram and it goes, Mm. the very first step is mindset and then it's alignment, then it's strategy then it goes brand marketing sales. So oh, okay. Uh, so what? Uh, but with what you're referring to, so many business owners go direct to sales. Uh, so if we're thinking of the marketing or sales funnel, people, tr- so many business owners go direct to trying to sell without actually having the correct brand, without actually having the correct marketing. So. And what I mean by that is they're trying to jump into bed with the customer before they've actually taken them on a first date. So mm. uh, going back to your original question, yeah, marketing and branding is often poor, very poorly executed in a business because the business owner doesn't necessarily have that expertise and understanding understanding of the importance of it. Right, right. Yeah, I've, you know, I, I go to podcast conferences, uh, of course, as a podcaster and they talk, you know, they have all sorts of different presentations on marketing and branding. And it's so confusing because when I hear about brand, I think about personality of the company, identity mm-hmm. of the company. But then a lot of people, when they talk about branding, are talking about logos <laughs> and like color schemes and, and that sort of stuff. What does brand mean to you? So... The way you think about it is like the strategic level and the logos, the color schemes is a tactical level. So uh, so if we think about it, the logos, the color schemes, uh, that is how people will perceive the brand. So at a tactical level, like a pink will, uh, pink will give a different opinion of, of something as opposed to a red. People, when people see red, maybe angry. If they see green, happy. So... Uh, and that impacts your brand. So uh, does that make sense? It it does. It does. It just seemed to me always that the logo discussion, not that it's not important, but it just seems like it's a tiny fraction of what makes Correct. a brand. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and if people talk logo straight away, uh, for me, that's a, a turn off because it, no, it means that they don't actually understand the whole branding parag- paradigm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a recent blog post um, kind of talking about social media and how, how while it can be overwhelming, it is actually, you know, pretty beneficial for businesses to, to participate in social media. Can you kind of talk about, uh, about that a bit and, and, and maybe talk about how establishing your brand through that looks and how, how does someone establish a brand through social media? Yeah, totally. So, uh, and this goes back to the whole marketing presence thing. If we if we look at a, at a marketing funnel, the top of the funnel is we need to build awareness uh, of our brand before before people can become interested in our brand and then then show intent and then potentially convert. So, and e- the easy way to build that brand awareness uh, for so many businesses is is the social media channels and whether it's LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. It really depends on on the type of uh, 
your type of clientele. But there's no point just putting content out there for the sake of it uh, mm. because because people will just read the content and be like, what's this guy talking about? He's another business coach or he's another marketing um, marketing guru that's uh, just popped up out of nowhere. So right. uh, the very first thing is actually knowing who your target client is so you can talk to them rather than talking mm. to the masses. But um, it's not just about putting content up there. There's, and I'm not a marketing expert by any means, but I, I do get it. There's, um, there's, five, there's the five marketing pillars or the um, social, social content marketing pillars. And, and if you look at it, you break it down into uh, one of the pillars is an educational type post. One is a um, historical type post, like where, where have we come from? Um, another one is uh, an engagement type post. So we've got to, we've got to ask a question um, to build intrigue. And then we've got community, so showing case studies. And then the final one is a sales and a promotion. So if we're looking at on, on a weekly basis, we have to break up our content into those five different pillars uh, mm. so, so we can, A, build engagement, build intrigue, show that we're a subject matter expert, uh, prove that we've worked with others, and then we can actually sell. We can't just always be doing selling or always be providing case studies we've got to actually uh there's got to be a method behind our madness yeah no that's 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 great so i realized in, in our conversation that i didn't actually have you finish the story about your cycling company uh where we left off was that it was 200 grand in the hole which is not where that story ends so can you take us now i mean you've shared a lot of insight here into how you look at business and obviously this comes from hard-earned experience so can you talk about after you found yourself at this kind of crossroads where everything's fallen apart, you decide that you owe yourself everything, no one owes you anything, and you've got this kind of new perspective. Where did, What happens from there until eventually you launch Evolve to Grow? Yeah, so I, I, not one morning, but we'll just say one morning, I woke up one morning and, and realized I needed to to make a change if I wanted to be happy. Uh, if it's going to be, it's got to be me. So I had a choice, I could... I could wind up the company and I could uh, go and get a day job and take 10 years to pay back that debt. Or I could go and get the support and guidance that I needed and get over myself, get over my arrogance, get over my ego and, and rebuild the company. So we restructured the company, um, started making profit again and built it up to a point where uh, I paid off most of the debt and then I was able to sell the business. I had my sales manager came in and said, hey, I'm really interested in buying buying the business. I want to take it. Uh, I think I can take it to the next level. So he he ended up purchasing the business from me. So that after that, the debt was paid off and I'd made some profit as well. So uh, and one of the main reasons I sold it was not just to pay, not because I needed to pay off the debt, but I built um, the business to a point where it wasn't challenging anymore. So I'd mm -hmm. rebuilt it and I wanted the next next challenge for me. So after selling it, I was fortunate enough I didn't need to go back and set up a business straight away or go and work straight away. I, had, I could take a bit of time off. And I was over in Croatia with my new partner um, a few months later and we were talking about what it is that I could potentially do with my future. 
And we realized that I love helping people. I've always been a leader and I had, um, I had a journey that I've been on with business. I'd, I'd had lots of highs and lots of lows and that there would be other people out there that have probably been on a very similar journey or potentially about to go on that similar journey. So we thought, why don't I use those skills to help those other people? And mm. when we came back from Croatia, that's how the business started. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the services you offer um, with Evolve to Grow. Um, you've got you've got a few different things that I want to touch on. So the first one I wanted to ask you about is is something that you call the business evolution circle. And you've, yeah. you've talked a, a few times. You've touched on the need to to you know surround yourself with other people that you you know, hope to aspire to be like, or, or want to be similar to, and then also just getting that guidance and support. So I'm guessing that this maybe ties into that, but can you please elaborate on, on what the business evolution circle is? Totally. It, basically it's a, it's a group coaching mastermind program. So mm. we get small groups of five to 10 people and, and we put in place their strategy and in their implementation plan to grow the business. They get coaching from me. But then there's also the mastermind side of it. So there's education and then a, a small network of other business owners so we can bounce off each other and learn off one another. Awesome. Yeah, master the mastermind idea is um, is something that I've encountered a, a, a lot in, in recent years. And it, it seems like there's just only upside to it, really, because you're getting perspective from people who are maybe not in your industry or maybe don't have your same experience, but have still insights that could be, you know, of, of value. Yeah. And they're either one step ahead of you or one step behind you. So they're, they're just coming in with a totally different perspective. Uh, mm. Because often as a business owner, we're too close to what's actually happening in our business to, to, to be able to make a rational decision. So having people that are a step, step away makes a massive difference. Yeah. And then, so then you also offer um, a business diagnostic. So can you talk about what the business diagnostic looks like? Um, at the end of the day, that's actually a, 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 basically it's a paid lead magnet for me to get people into my program, but it is going in and doing a business audit on, on the, on the business and working out what the issues are in the business and what the strengths are in the business and, and what needs to be actioned in the correct order to, to help improve that business. Okay. So you're kind of just going in and, and looking at where, where areas of opportunity might be and then and then kind of maybe presenting how you, how they could change those things to see yeah. better results. Um, pulling back the hood and or lifting up the hood and then just looking under, seeing what's happening in the business, whether in the marketing side, from the from the finances, uh, right right through to people, HR strategy and seeing where where the business is strong, where the business is weak. So we need to do that with pretty much with every business at the start because the business owner might think they're they're super strong in the finances, but in reality, they're not. So, and unless someone else looks at it, uh, we're not going to pick that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am not obviously probably from our conversation. I'm not an entrepreneur myself. However, <laughs> um, you know, in my day job, I'm a, a project manager at a software company and, and something that, that we talk about a lot is process improvement. And that, yeah. that kind of feels similar to what you're talking about here. And it really is fascinating how, how I don't I, I want to I mean the word is efficiency gain but it, it's not just that it's it's just how much simpler things can be when you can have someone that's maybe not in the trenches of it that can come with a more bird's eye view and say 
this doesn't make sense. <laughs> you could you could totally. cut out you know B through D and just go from A to E and and not have to have all these steps between, right? <laughs> That's exactly it. So at the end of the day, my the way I work is I want to help you get to your end goal in in the simplest possible way. And and if, if we don't have to go through B, C, D, uh, we can go straight to A. That's what that's what we do. Yeah. And then finally, you you do offer one on one coaching. So what does that look like? How, how do people engage you if they if they were interested in working with you one on one for their business? They give me a call or send me an email and say, hey, Tristan, I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> and so then what does that look like? Are you meeting with them weekly, monthly? Like, yeah. how, how does that relationship unfold? Yeah, yeah. So um, typically it's weekly uh, because I, when you're running a business, it, it, especially a smaller business, you need to be so agile. Uh, so we, we, in the early days, we set up the strategy. But then once we set out that strategy, it's about how to manage that strategy on an ongoing basis and ensure that that actually gets implemented. So, uh, so we flip from macro view to micro view really quickly when we need to. Mm. And yet, you know, something that that's always talked about um, as a, a benefit of coaching, which I, you know, personally work with a life coach and, and agree with this, but is that there's just a, a level of accountability that kind of comes from that. Can you talk yeah. about what accountability means to you? So. Um... Yes, there is a level of accountability with life coaches and business coaching. Um, and in the early days, I need to keep my clients accountable. But my my angle is that I don't want to be keeping you accountable all the time because I want to teach you how to fish rather than fish for you. So if I'm if I'm keeping you accountable, I'm always fishing for you. So so we slowly change. The, uh, change the dynamic so eventually you're keeping yourself accountable and the reason you can keep yourself accountable is you're fully connected with your end goal or your vision or your purpose the only reason I would need to keep someone accountable is if if they're not fully um, connected to their to why they're doing what they're doing mm. so yeah that makes oh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off there you go yeah, no, that make, that makes sense. And I mean, I, I think to some extent, if someone is engaged in something that, to your point, they truly kind of believe in, then maybe the external accountability isn't really necessary because they're not, they're going to stay on course because they believe in it and they're fully invested. Yes. In yeah. They, that's it. And so it's about getting you to the point that you, you're fully invested in it. And that's where the accountability needs. It's um, It's coaching you to understand what it is that you need to be fully invested in. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, again, Tristan, your website is evolvedtogrow.com.au. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you this evening. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on that we hadn't yet? I'm all good. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. So um, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so then I guess finally, one last question would just be, do you primarily just work with people in Australia or can you work with people from around the world or what does that look like? I've got, I've got clients globally. I've got clients in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, US, UK. As long as they can fit into my time zone, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Like I said, I'll make sure and have links in the show notes so that people can uh, click there and just reach out directly to you and, and get started. Um, Tristan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me.
as a full moon rising But sailing on the Clouds around the silhouette It's away in the dream And I will pour through the plane Open to everything that's coming in Down settle in my eyes And I'll breathe modest racing within Wilt flowers showing me time
That's all for the show today. Thank you so much to Tristan for stopping by and sharing his walk of life. I also want to thank Misha Zarens for the music in today's show. And of course, thank you for listening. I also invite you to check out my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a video game podcast where we explore the idea of why gaming matters. Pick Up Your Sticks can be found on any podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Stay up. (laughs) 